Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul blessed again this morning. Lord, I thirst to be here again in your presence. I say thank you for giving me a brand new day. Thank you for the privilege to worship you again as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Thank you for the privilege to worship you as Almighty God, as Yahweh. We give you glory again this morning, mighty God. You are Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You were before the beginning and when all is said and done, you will be after the end. You are the one who does not have a beginning. No one, no, no one created you, everything in the universe. Every being that exists in the universe, every spirit, every flesh are the works of your hands. We give you glory once again, God of all the earth. We give you praise once again, hope of the old world, master of the universe. We give you praise once again in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, as we read our Bibles again this morning, we ask for wisdom in your word. We ask for understanding again this morning. We ask that you will help us learn the lessons, lessons hidden in the scriptures, and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome. A big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. So we continue our study, commentary, and reading of the book of Matthew. Yesterday we stopped on Matthew chapter 21. Today we will take Matthew chapter 22. I hope you are doing well where you are and the grace of God is multiplied in your life. Thank you to everyone joining us for the first time this morning. We, I hope you find this Bible commentary interesting. If you have any suggestion, please go on our platform, uh, especially on Spotify and Anchor, and leave, and leave us a message there. God bless you. All right, so let's continue with Matthew chapter 22. Here, Jesus talks about the parable of the great feast and then all how the kingdom of God will be consummated okay how it will all look like at the end let's see what to learn from here Matthew chapter 22 see Jesus also told them Jesus also told them other parables he's been sharing with them several parables right he said the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great feast, a great wedding feast for his son. Hmm? The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated with this kind of story. A great, a king who prepared a great wedding feast 
for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. And I think this was more referring to the nation of Israel, right? When Israel rejected God, decided that it was going to worship idols just like every other nation of the world rejected the banquet that had been prepared for them then the invitation was open to the gentile world so, so he sent other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared the booze and fattened cat cattle have been killed and everything is ready come to the banquet but the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way, one to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messenger and insulted them and killed them. He just finished killing John the Baptist, one of the messengers. They killed several of them. Zechariah was crucified between the altar. Okay, several of the prophets were, were killed terribly. You know, um, so this was referring to the nation of Israel. Since the king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their towns, exactly what happened to the nation of Israel. And he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, and the guests are invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corner and invite everyone you see. To the gentile nation invite everyone you see so the servant brought in everyone they could find good and bad alike and the banquet hall was filled with guests hmm? but when the king came in to meet the guests he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding friend he asked how is it that you are here Without, wear, without wedding clothes. But the man had no reply. So the invitation is open. You know, someone once asked me this question. But pastor, how could the king have thrown this man out? He said they should get anyone they found on the... Okay, so when you read the parallel of this story in, in Mark, he said they should just get anyone. Anyone they could find on the edges, on the street corner, they should bring them in. So why should it be a problem that this man has come now? Why are you, you know, why is there a yardstick for measuring now? And you are saying that he does not have wedding clothes on. They went to the corner to get him. He didn't have time to go, to go home to go and change. Okay, so to an extent you are right. However, okay, so this is just a parable. There is still a cloth to wear into this wedding feast. The cloth is the cloth of righteousness. The righteousness that Jesus will give you. That is what qualifies you to enter the wedding feast that will happen in heaven. Hmm? The wedding feast of the bridegroom, where the bride will gather. Every one of them will have on their foreheads. Every one of them would have been marked for Jesus. Okay, so here in interpreting this story, it meant this man came in or this person is trying to get into heaven 
without accepting Jesus, the, the clothes of our righteousness, Jesus is the one who gives us, without accepting Jesus. So what does the king say? He said they should throw him out. He says, but the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hand and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Now, again, this is a bit confusing. What does, the, what does Jesus mean by for many are called, but few are chosen? If you look at those who then came from the corner, who came from the edges, who they just rushed into the wedding feast, many are called, many stayed behind. Only one person was was thrown out, which I think would be a picture of, of what heaven would be like anyway. Very few will really lose, as in show up there as um, believers and still lose and still lose their place in Christ. I think it will be very few, just like it was just this one person, this one person here. Okay, but what does Jesus mean? Many are called. I think he's still referring to the initial call. The initial call to the nation of Israel, the now and then the further call to the whole world. When you look at the number that are saved from, from both, few are chosen. Okay? Not few among those who came from the edges. No, few um, will it will be few when you look at the whole, the whole of the population of, of, of mankind. That has been through the through the world. I think it will be few. Let's look at taxes for Caesar. Since then the Pharisees met together to plot how to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. They sent some of the of the of their disciples along with the supporters of Herod to meet with him. To meet with him, teacher, they said. We know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. You are impartial and don't play favorites. Now tell us what you think about this. Is it right to pay taxes or not? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus knew their evil intention. If he said, of course, you shouldn't pay taxes, they will go and report him to the Roman government, of course. Those who don't play with their taxes, they would have arrested him. Okay, and if he says pay, then they will claim that he's, he's not, he's making Caesar their God. But Jesus knew that evil motives, you hypocrisy said, why are you trying to trap me? Here, show me the coin used for the tax. When they handed him a Roman coin, he asked whose picture and title are stamped on it. Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Okay? <laughs> so, separate it. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. So, automatically, he's not saying they shouldn't pay their taxes. Uh, but Caesar does not own my soul. Okay? Caesar does not own my righteousness, how I should live. Caesar does not own all of those. I can give to Caesar what is Caesar and still worship God all the same. Hallelujah. Give to God what belongs to God. His reply amazed them. 
and they went they went away let's look at this discussion about resurrection that same day that same day jesus was approached by some sadducees religious leaders who say there is no resurrection from the dead they posted this question teacher moses said if a man dies without children his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Okay, so you can find this in Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 5 and 6. So fine, that is in the that is in the scripture. Okay, at least the Pentateuch is right there. Well, suppose there were seven brothers, the oldest one married and then died without children. So his brother married the widow. But the second brother also died, and the third brother married her. This continued with all seven of them. So I don't know how this is possible, but I am sure they are just like, okay, creating a scenario on their own. I am not sure <laughs> the third brother would, marry, would have married that woman. Eh? <laughs> Even if the third married her. By the time he came to the fourth guy, the guy would take off. Uh -huh. The guy will take off straight because it seems that there was something killing each of his all of his brothers because they are married to her. But let us assume that okay, let's just assume this story because they are just they are simply they are making it up. So they said last of all the woman also died. Hmm? So tell us whose wife will she be in the resurrection for all seven were married to her. Now what they are asking is whose wife will she be? Assuming that when we get to heaven, we will still be married. Jesus replied, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures. You see again, I said Jesus would say again and again, you don't know the scripture. Have you not read? Have you not heard? Okay, so we are expected to know the scripture. It's as simple as that. We should know what the word of God says. He said, Jesus said, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. When you don't know the scriptures, you will lack the power of God. The power of God comes from his word. The Bible says it came to pass on a certain day, Jesus was preaching the word and the power of God was present to heal all of them. You see that? Yes. The power of God comes from knowing in his word. So I pray for us, all of us this morning, that we will know the scripture. We will know the scripture. I pray that God will give us a desire, a desire to know his word. Jesus said, and you don't know the power of God. Verse 30 says, for when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will not marry or be given in marriage. In this respect, they will be like the angels in heaven. They will not get married in heaven. They will not marry. Listen, read the text again. For when the dead rise, they will neither marry. In other words, when they rise, they should have been. They should still have been married, right? Now that's, that is actually what it should be. But Jesus is saying that death ended marriage. That's what Jesus is saying. 
So if she was ever married in the eyes, if you want to put it, okay, the minute the first one died, the marriage ended. So when they rise in the resurrection, they are not married anymore. Hmm? They will neither marry nor be given in marriage. There will be no marriage in heaven. The only marriage that will happen in heaven is this figurative marriage that the Bible calls the marriage between the bride and the bridegroom. The bride being the church, the church right from the foundation, from the, from the time Adam walked out of that garden, okay, um, to the very end when Jesus will show, will show up. That's the church. That will be his bride. Okay, and then with Jesus being the bridegroom, that marriage, outside that, there will be no giving of anybody, you know, um, away as a bride in heaven. Okay, there will be no marriage in heaven. At that point, we will be like the angels, we will be like brothers and sisters. Okay, so see, but now as to whether there will be a resurrection of the dead, haven't you ever read about this in the scriptures? Because Jesus knew what their question really was. Their question was really whether there was a resurrection or not. It's not really about the marriage part that they are talking about. Jesus says, haven't you ever read about this in the scriptures? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is referring to them in the present tense. When God encountered Moses in the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, God says, I am the God of your fathers. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He should have said, I was the God of Abraham. In other words, in the eyes of God, they are alive, they are living. See, so he is the God of the living, not of the dead. In other words, there is a resurrection. When the crowds had him, they were outstanded at his teaching. They were outstanded at his teaching. Hallelujah. All right, let's look at this one, the most important commandment. And that one is very clear to us, right? The most important commandment. See, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Do you say thou shalt not kill? They will tell you what about. The Bible says, says you should have no other God beside him. If you say that one, they will tell you that you don't care about people. Okay? What about not bearing forth witness against your neighbor? Okay? It was a trap. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The first and greatest commandment is that we love God. It's as simple as that. Love and live for God. If you do, you will automatically fulfill the second one. A second is equally important. Verse 39, love your neighbor as yourself the entire law and all the demands of the prophet are based on these two commandments i am telling you this morning if you do the first one with all 
your heart. You love God with all your heart. You cannot love God and not love people. I'm promising you. You cannot love God and hate the creation, His creation. It doesn't work that way. Okay? So, love God with all your heart. Love Him with all your soul. Love Him with all your mind, your imagination and everything. Let the Lord feel your thinking. That's what Jesus is saying. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Hallelujah. That is the greatest love. Next question that they asked Jesus, whose son is the Messiah? Since then, surrounded by the Pharisees, you see these guys, they were always coming to his meeting and just throwing questions at him, throwing questions at him. But they were never able to entrap, entrap him. No, they were never able to. Then, surrounded by the Pharisees, verse 41, Jesus asked them a question. You know, they have been the one asking him questions all this while. Now, take my own question. What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? They replied, they replied, he is the son of David. At least according to the scripture, that is true. But Jesus responded, verse 43, Then why does David, speaking under the inspiration of the Spirit, call the Messiah my Lord? For David said, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies beneath your feet. You see, wonderful question. Because David is referring to the Messiah as his Lord. Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies beneath your feet. Psalm 112 verse 1. Says, Since David called the Messiah my Lord, how can the Messiah be his son? <laughs> oh, they can't understand, okay? That only oh, in, in terms of his earthly ministry, in, in terms of the line through which he came physically, he is the son of David. Uh -huh. But he the one that created David himself and created the line of David itself. Uh -huh. So in that sense, sense, he is Lord over even David, over the entire line of David. Hallelujah. He said no one could answer him. And after that, no one dared, dared to ask him any more question. Alright, that concludes our reading and commentary for today. So let's take out let's take out lesson. Uh, the most important commandment. The most important commandment is love. Love. Love God. I encourage you this morning. Love God genuinely. Love Him genuinely. Uh, you will find that loving people becomes a lot easier. When you love God. And you realize how much he loves you and how much he has given up just because of you. He gave us Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. Forgive us our sins when our trespasses piled up to the highest heaven. Still gave us Jesus. When you understand that, you will know how to treat people. Especially when they constantly offend you. You will forgive okay others that you are holding malice again others you have made up your mind that you would never forgive you will find it easy to forgive them okay because god forgave you so love god love him genuinely with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind all right second lesson i take my second lesson from the parable of the great feast you see to show up at this wedding, to show up 
at before God, okay? Because the Bible says that we all, all of us must stand before the judgment throne of Christ. So whether we are believers, whether we are unbelievers, we will stand before the judgment throne of Christ. You see, but for those of us that have the cloth of righteousness that Jesus gave us, the cloth of righteousness in Christ Jesus, our judgment is determined. It will be discharged and acquitted. We will be asked to go. We will be asked to come into the kingdom. We will be asked to sit at the marriage feast. You saw it right here. But for everyone who does not have this garment on, who rejected Jesus, because Jesus, the righteousness that Jesus give, gives is this garment. Every one of them, Jesus says, look at what Jesus said about them. He said that they will be thrown. He says, bind his hand and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Ah, I pray for you. That will not be your portion. In the mighty name of Jesus. But please listen this morning. You need to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. You need from today. You have accepted him as Lord and Savior. Please live every day for him. Genuinely live as a Christian. As a child of God. And I pray for each one of us this morning. On that day when we will stand before him. On that day when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, I pray that it will be you are discharged and acquitted in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that we will all love the Lord with all our hearts, with all our souls, and with all our minds in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you this morning. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.